Welcome back, football fans, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast, NFL edition. We are now in week 11, previewing a loaded slate here. I'm Adam Glick along my side. Today is Mason Gross and Josh Spath, as always. How are you guys doing? Any general thoughts on this Friday afternoon? I'm feeling amazing because I have the Pats D in fantasy, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I went against the Pats D, so I'm on the exact opposite end of that, but it was not in the league with you. Very unfortunate. I am going to have to endure the cold on Sunday when I go to Bears Ravens. Bears somehow are only a four and a half point dog. I feel like Lamar is just going to absolutely slam them. It's going to be maybe 47. I feel like at game time, it's going to be closer to 37. And uh, it's going to be a lot like when my dad went to a 40 point blowout in one of the biggest snow storms of 08. You just stand there and you can't even enjoy the game. You're just cold. So exciting stuff for the Bears and me. Yeah, I would not know what that is. I get to go home to beautiful, sunny San Diego for Thanksgiving and a little quick stop in Las Vegas for some betting, as we usually do. Let's get to the NFL slate. We'll start with our first game. It's the Bills. It's the Colts. This is a big game for both these teams. Bills sitting at six and three. Colts fighting for their playoff lives right now at five and five. This game is in Buffalo. Probably, it's actually, no, it's going to be 45 degrees. Probably going to be pretty cold. Who do you guys like to win this game? They're seven point underdogs. Does Carson Wentz have any chance of sniffing the upset against the Bills? We'll start with Mason on this one. So I think the Bills are going to win, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. The Bills definitely found their rhythm last week against the Jets with Josh Allen having an MVP-like performance, 366 yards and two touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs was finally released from witness protection, it seemed. Um, But the thing about these Colts, this is a feisty bunch. They could very, very easily be 7-3 and right now. That loss to Baltimore was... Ridiculous. I don't know how they lost that game in overtime. And then the loss to Tennessee two weeks ago. But I will be a little bit wary of the Colts because they nearly choked against Jacksonville last week. And I don't know how it's even possible to do that. Um, And the defense has not been great this year. They allowed um, Josh Johnson to expose them when they played the Jets. Um, they allowed Tennessee to put up 34 points in the game where Henry got hurt. Uh, they allowed Baltimore to have 31. They haven't held an opponent under 17 since the Houston Texans. And that's been the only opponent they've held under 17 this year. So if Josh Allen holds on to the ball, I don't see how Buffalo loses, but look for a vintage Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor, who's running with Jets right now. Um, Look for them to keep it close, but I don't think this NDD has enough juice to hold off Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think Indy's only real chance is to go to the best guy in this offense. And frankly, underratedly, the best player in fantasy right now, who is Jonathan Taylor. This guy has had over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in I believe five or six consecutive games. Great for my fantasy team. And if the Colts are able to get a little bit of a lead and they're able to start feeding him the ball, 
he can break off a 70-yard touchdown against any defense. I don't care who you are. So the Bills are really going to have to stack the box against him. I think worrying about that component of the offense versus Carson Wentz is a little bit more important. Michael Pittman obviously has been a great option for Wentz of late. He's been hitting him a lot, and that'll be a little bit difficult for the secondary. But if this is anything like the Bills team that we know, and I know that both the Bills and the Chiefs and a few other teams this year have slipped up from time to time, if the Bills go back to their normal self, which is what the seven-point favorite tells me they are expected to, then they should be able to take care of business in this game. I think that their defense is going to give Carson Wentz some trouble. Maybe he'll actually throw a pick in this game. I know that he only has three so far this season. And then Mason, like you said, Josh Allen needs to hold on to the ball as well. And if he can sling it, this Colts defense has been pretty good, but if he can get to his guys, there's no stopping them when they're really rolling. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think the Bills are the, clearly the better team. I've said this week in and week out. I think they're the most talented team in the AFC. They're going to show it on Sunday. They're at home, seven-point favorites. They're going to get back to their old ways. That Jacksonville game is an anomaly. It's not going to happen this week. Colts are a very good team, but they're 5-5 five and five for a reason. They haven't been able to close out some big games against the Rams, the Titans, some other games that they played in as well, and the Ravens. They've lost two overtime games. The Colts, to me, they're just missing a few key pieces on the defensive end to be an elite team. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a good game on the ground. He had over 100 yards rushing last week. But the Bills are too good. I really like to see this Bills run the ball more. I know Josh Allen throws the ball 30 to 40 times a game. Don't turn it over. You'll be fine. But they had 139 yards on the ground from a bunch of different running backs throughout this game. And Singletary, Bradham, Moss, even Sanders had a run. I would like – if the Bills get a lead, they're not going to lose. The key is getting that lead early, and I think they will on Sunday. And they'll be 7-3 and three leading into week 12. Moving on to the game that our good friend Josh is going to endure the cold with, the Ravens and the Bears – the Bears are somehow only a four-and-a-half-point dog in this game. Does Vegas know something, Mason? So here's the reason that the Bears are only a four-and-a-half-point dog, and I could actually think of two. Number one is the fact that the Ravens have not won a single game by more than one possession since that Chargers game, and that's the only time they've blown anyone out. I guess you could say they beat Denver by 16, but that's two out of um, two out of nine games for the Ravens where they've actually dominated. They like to keep it close. And number two was how good Justin Fields looked in that game against Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. And he the stats are not fantastic. Seventeen of twenty nine. It's the two hundred ninety one yards that stand out to me. He was throwing the ball really well, throwing his receivers open. He was running it well, 45 yards on the ground. And now they've got that bye week to really prepare for this Baltimore offense and Lamar Jackson. But nobody figures out Lamar Jackson. People have been trying ever since he's been in the league. And I definitely don't expect the Bears to, especially with all the injuries they have on defense. I believe Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson are both questionable. I know the Bears picked up Bruce Irvin um, from the free agency pool this week, but 
I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to stop Lamar. He's going to run all over them. He's going to throw over a secondary that's mediocre at best. And while the Bears might be able to put up 17, 20, 24 points, that's just not going to be enough to hold what the Ravens are going to do on offense. So I think the Ravens win this game by about a touchdown. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Honestly, I think the Ravens could have this be another game where they get a wider margin. I think the Bears are really doing a lot of good stuff on offense right now, especially having David Montgomery back and the bye week definitely probably brings him back to 100% health. As you mentioned, Justin feels great in that Steelers game. The big thing for me is going to be watching what this Ravens offense does to this absolutely shredded Bears defense. I mean, the last four games have been against good to great teams. They've given up a combined 124 points in four games to Green Bay, Tampa, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. The last game where they had good defense was kind of that fluke game in Vegas where they held the Raiders to no touchdowns and three field goals. And, I mean, since then, it's been an abomination. Obviously, the Steelers' offense is okay with Ben Roethlisberger, and we talked about the fact that they were able to take care of business against the Bears every which way. And this Ravens' offense, as we know, is explosive. Lamar Jackson could rip off an 80-yard touchdown. He could also throw an 80-yard touchdown to Hollywood Brown. If you can't stop that, then this game is going to be a high-scoring affair in you know Justin Fields trying to keep up. And honestly, I think the best bet in this game is the over in 44-and-a-half. I think that both of these teams could really put up a lot of points. The Ravens obviously coming off of that tough loss on Thursday that ended my survivor run to Miami. They're going to be hungry to play a lot of offense and – I think if Justin Fields keeps playing as well as he has been, then this Bears offense will be right there. But I like Baltimore by 10 points. Yeah, I like Baltimore as well. I do disagree. I think this game is going to be really low scoring. I think that it's going to be a lot of running the football. It might snow according to my weather sources in this game, which means a lot of running the football. And just prove that I'm a good weatherman. I went 13 to 14 on the wild weather Wednesday DraftKings this past week. Won five oh, boxes. my God. Yeah, pretty crazy. Only one I missed was my hometown in San Diego. Missed it by a degree. It's okay. Anyway, Ravens and Bears. Bears really impressed me against the Steelers. They were down in that game. It seemed like they were going to get blown out of the water in Pittsburgh. And Fields made a lot of great plays. He finally got some time in the pocket to throw the ball. But... The Ravens are clearly the better football team. This game is in Chicago. It's it's kind of a rivalry. It's gonna, probably going to be close, but the Ravens are better. They're going to find a way to win. But the thing is, with the Ravens, if you're defending them, and that's what the Dolphins did really well, you have to get a lot of pressure on Lamar, and you have to have your middle linebacker, QB, spy him because he runs the ball all the time, and you cannot let him break off for big runs. And if you do that, He's going to struggle. That's why they only had 10 points against Miami. If Chicago has a good middle linebacker, which I have no idea if they do, and he can QB spy him, they have a chance to win this game. However, Lamar will not do that, and he'll be better, and they'll win by four points. 24-20, Ravens win. They don't cover the spread. Yeah, by the way, your prediction there is half a point off the spread and half a point off the total. You're really cutting it close there. Cutting it close. It's the holidays. Have to cut it close. You love <laughs> to see it. We move on to another big game, rivalry game, Packers versus Vikings. Packers 
look, in my mind, like the best team in the NFL right now versus the Vikings coming off a big win against my Chargers, whatever, four and five on the season, the Vikings. This game is in Minnesota. The spread is really interesting to me at one point in favor of Green Bay. Who do you guys like to win this game, Mason? So this Green Bay team looks like they might be the best in the league right now with how they're clicking on defense and the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Not Aaron Jones this week. You've got A.J. Dillon. But this is a very potent offense with the MVP from last year. But the real story in Green Bay has been that defense. They have been absolutely electric since week four, holding every opponent under 22 points, which is something unheard of with Green Bay. It's usually the offense that stands out. And Minnesota, you could basically just flip a coin. You don't know what you're going to get with this team. They like to play everybody close, and they like to lose the close games. Um, They did beat the Chargers last week, but the Chargers are also another one of those coin flip teams. And I do think it's going to be close because this is a huge rivalry. This is in Minnesota. You're going to get a bunch of skull chance to try and rattle Aaron Rodgers. But this Packers team is too good. I just don't see them losing. It will be close. I see them winning by three points, four points, but they're just not going to lose to Minnesota. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. You said that the Packers look like they might be the best team in the league. I've been arguing for weeks that they are the best team in the league, even not having their main weapon in Aaron Jones, who I've also been very high on. I think A.J. Dillon is more than capable of leading this backfield, as we saw last week. This defense, as you mentioned as well, really stifling. This is going to be the best scoring defense the Vikings have faced all year. I would say in their only defensive battle they've had against Cleveland, they went out scored a touchdown, and then did not score the rest of the game, losing 14-7 to to my Brownies. And honestly, this this might be kind of similar. I know that the total's at 47, but Green Bay seems to be playing to a style where they're going to get out to a lead and they're just going to hold you down. I mean, that almost happened against Kansas City, and they didn't even have Aaron Rodgers. The defense was just absolutely suffocating in Arrowhead. And this is going to be in U.S. Bank. I mean – Dalvin Cook is really, really going to have to carry the load. And I know that running backs have had an okay, not great time against the Packers, but Kirk Cousins cannot make mistakes if they're going to stay in this game. Aaron Rodgers will absolutely eat that up. And honestly, they don't really have to throw the ball that often. Like I said, you can give the ball to A.J. Dillon. This Vikings defense, if they're going up against a similar game plan the Browns had, I think you can copy and paste that right here. Run the ball a ton. It'll open up some good passes and just have long, long possessions, you'll win this game. I don't think that there's any reason why the Vikings will win this game unless the Packers offense really, really has trouble. And I I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it's going to be one of those games where it sets up where the entire time the Vikings look like they're going to win. And then at the last second, Aaron Rodgers has one of those crazy one to two minute drives at the end and the Packers find a way to pull it out. It's going to be I agree with Josh. It's going to be a low-scoring game, defensive. The Packers gave up zero points last week to the Seahawks, given it was Russell Wilson's first game back from injury. He threw the ball 40 times and only had 160 yards passing. That is incredibly impressive to me. And he also threw two picks in the game. Packers finding kind of a new identity with their defense this year. I love it. 
They have AJ Dillon in the backfield. They have Aaron Jones. They have all the weapons in the in the world and Devontae Adams as well. They're to me right now might be my favorite in the NFC to meet the Bills in the AFC. As of right now, I had the Rams all year, but I have some doubts after last week against the 49ers. Josh has been high on the Packers all year, so give, give him credit, even though I hate to do so. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. I think the Packers are going to win this game by, as Mason said, three to four points, last second drive. Going to be a fantastic game. That's why the spread is one. But the Vikings, they find ways to lose. They're so good at it. I'm going to keep that trend rolling. Give me the Packers to win this game. Couldn't find a way to lose against your Chargers last week. No, Chargers can't stop anybody. It doesn't matter if they're peewee football running the ball. They're not stopping anyone. It doesn't matter. They're, they get me mad. It's with it. It's okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to a team that I hate because I'm a Chargers fan. That is the Cowboys versus the Chiefs. This is a monster game. Both these teams are red hot as of late. The Chiefs, I think last week, even though I didn't watch the game, they – looked like the old Chiefs. They had probably the best game of the year. They steamrolled the Las Vegas Raiders where most of their players aren't even on the roster. They're in a facility that has bars around it. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. And let's talk about this Chiefs-Cowboys game. Mason, who do you like in this big matchup? So this matchup is going to come down to two key players, and they're not the players that you guys are probably thinking. It's not Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. It's Trayvon Diggs and Eric Sorensen. Eric Sorensen might be one of the worst safeties I have ever witnessed play in the NFL. It seems like every single game, the opposing team has like a 50-yard touchdown, and you're just left with Eric Sorensen with his hands on his head looking just dazed and confused. This happens every single week. I don't know how he's still starting for this Chiefs team. Everyone in Kansas City seems to hate him. And oh, by the way, now you're going up against Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, two of the best deep threats in the entire league. I would look for at least a couple of these monstrous 40 to 50 yard touchdowns where Eric Sorensen is just going to be on his ass. On the other side, Trayvon Diggs, we haven't heard from him in a little bit. He had all those interceptions to start out the year. But he got a pick even, last week. He got a pick last week. Good for him. It doesn't matter. He continues to get exposed whenever he goes against real wide receivers because he's just so aggressive and risky going for these picks, trying to stuff the stat sheet that he gives up so many yards. I don't know if he's still the number one corner in the league in terms of yards allowed that he gives up, but he's definitely up there on that list. And oh, by the way, now you're going up against Tyreek Hill. He is going to get absolutely exposed by a top three receiver in the NFL and Tyreek Hill. So the winner of this game is not going to be who plays better out of Mahomes and Dak because they're both elite quarterbacks who are going to play incredible. It's going to be which defender screws up less. And I think it's going to be Trayvon Diggs that screws up less because Eric Sorensen is just so goddamn bad. And I think the Cowboys are going to win. So I actually am looking at this game from a very interesting angle. And that is something that Dallas has been doing a lot lately, especially in games where they're getting out to an early lead. That makes more sense. And that's running the ball. 
the Chiefs have had a real, real, a lot of trouble this year stopping the run. And obviously the Cowboys have a more than capable backfield. They've got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think if you use that, you will open up a lot of those big passes to C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper streaking down the sideline. And I think that should be the way the Cowboys come out firing. Personally, I like Dallas to win in this game. I know that a lot of people have jumped right back onto the Chiefs bandwagon after, you know, a dismantling of Vegas on Monday night football. But sorry, Sunday night football. But I mean, this Chiefs team has had problems all year. They almost lost to the Giants a couple of weeks ago. And the week after that, they almost lost to the Packers with Jordan Love. Like Mahomes could very well be right back into his groove. And this Dallas defense is definitely not a top one. But I, this will be yet another chance for a team to prove it to me. I will not believe in the Chiefs to come even close to winning this division, which is very, very tight right now, unless they can win this game. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think is, is fair. I mean, it's in Arrowhead. It's late November. This is the clutch time where they need to perform. But Dallas has been a fantastic team all year with the exception of one game against Denver. And frankly, I think the Chiefs have been okay all year with the exception of one game against Vegas last week. So which team will we see from both? I'm hoping that both are really, really on their A game because that would make for a high scoring affair. But give me Dallas. I'm going to go 40 to 35. Also, I would like to issue a formal apology to the leading meteorologist in the Quad Cities, Eric Sorensen. I was not talking about you. I was talking about Daniel Sorensen. Daniel Sorensen is so bad that he doesn't even deserve to be called by his first name. That is all. Wow. <laughs> Tough for the meteorologist community. We get hated on enough. Anyway, let's get to this breakdown of this game. This, these two teams, as Josh just talked about, really hard to predict on a week-to-week basis. I think both these teams are really talented, easily could go to the Super Bowl in both their respective leagues. But this game is in Kansas City. What I saw from them last week really gives me a lot of optimism that they might finally be back. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball for 50 times. He had 500 yards, I believe, against the Raiders with five touchdowns – or 400 yards – excuse me, with five touchdowns, their offense looked unstoppable. They have the arrowhead crowd around them. If they can continue to throw the ball through the air, as Mason talked about, the core of the cow, the secondary of the Cowboys in Diggs, he's not very good. They should have no problem. Tyree Kill should have a crazy game. I expect Travis Kelsey to do well. And I think the Chiefs, if they get out to an early lead, they're going to keep building on it. I expect them to win 42 to 31. And I, th- I really like the Chiefs to start getting on a roll from here and continue that down the road. But I would love to see the Cowboys win. It would really help the Chargers out. Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Seahawks, it's weird to see them, but they're three and six. And it looks like the season might be all but lost. And they're playing the Arizona Cardinals, which we'll see if Kyler Murray is playing. Do we have an official report on it? He is trending towards playing. He's been practicing the last couple of days, but it is looking like they will be without DeAndre Hopkins again. Okay, so without D-Hop, but hopefully with Kyler, no Colt McCoy in the mix. They did not look very good last week against Carolina. But the Seahawks, 
Is there any life left in this team to win on Sunday in Seattle against the Cardinals? Mason, what do you think? Yeah, I do think they're going to win because Russell Wilson's got another week back now and they are playing in Seattle, which is, I think, the harshest environment to play in, not only in the NFL, but in all of sports. That 12th man is just dangerous. They like to play people close when they're in Seattle. They lost to Tennessee by three. They lost to Rams with Geno Smith. They lost to the Saints with Geno Smith. And now they're back at home going up against a hobbled Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Chase Edmonds. And Seattle is just too good to fold like this. Their season is on the line. Russell Wilson is a top quarterback in this league. He is not going to let his team down. I'm sorry. Arizona, you might be one of the best teams in the league. Kyler Murray, you're an MVP candidate. But Russell Wilson has been there and done that. He's going to put his team on his back, and he will carry them to a field goal victory at home against Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you here. Arizona has been one of the best teams in the league, and I think that we can all talk about how good Russell Wilson has been throughout his career. But Russell Wilson doesn't have a very, very key component to this offense that most of the time they've found a way to develop, and that's a run game. Chris Carson is still on IR. He is trending downward to not return yet again this week. And Alex Collins is banged up too. Regardless of whether or not he plays, he hasn't been putting up good numbers. And when Seattle is forced to throw the ball, especially with Russell Wilson, maybe close to 100% back, but he definitely came back pretty quickly with that finger injury. I think if Arizona puts a lot of pressure on him, similar to what we saw them do in week one against Ryan Tannehill, it's going to be absolute mayhem. The Seattle offense could be absolutely shredded and you say well they've got DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett some of the best receivers in the league it doesn't matter if you're getting tons and tons of pressures and forcing a lot of three and outs long third downs and this Arizona defense very well could do that on the flip side Kyler Murray hopefully he's fully back into form if he's going to be starting in this game if he has any weapons it doesn't matter who's out there he still has James Conner if there's no Chase Edmonds who currently is tied with Derrick Henry and will eventually likely take the lead over Derrick Henry for most rushing touchdowns right now. He will go out and get his buckets. He will go out and score points. And the Seattle defense has had a real, real tough time with stopping teams. They've given up a lot of points over this year to teams that some of them aren't even fantastic on offense. I know the Vikings have a good offense, but they give 30 points in that game. And it's just, it's very difficult for me to, to see them stopping Kyler Murray. I know they're going to get another chance to play this team in Arizona. I, I don't know. I think Seattle being the dog is, is definitely worth it. This game could be a little closer. I'm going to go with Arizona by a score of 27 to 21. Okay. I, I like that pick. I think Arizona is going to win this game by a field goal. Seattle, the, to me, the last couple of weeks, though, the defense has actually really improved. They gave up 17 points to the Packers, seven to the Jags, 13 to the Saints. So last three weeks, they haven't really been giving up too many points. That's why I think it's going to be close. Russell Wilson doesn't have the running game, as you talked about, that he's had it in the past. And his big receivers have had, honestly, disappointing seasons, especially DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Who knows? He's like a roulette spin. You have no idea what you're going to get with every week from him. But – 
I think the Cardinals, they need Kyler Murray healthy. They've had too much inconsistency with his health the last couple of weeks. That's why they've kind of struggled. And last week, the defense was not there against the, the uh, Panthers, who are not a good offensive team, let's be honest. But the Cardinals are a better football team, even though it's on the road. They know they need to win because they're only a game ahead of the Rams in that tight NFC West division race, still trying to go also for that number one overall seed in the NFC. Cardinals are going to find a way to win this game. It's going to be close. They're going to get just enough from James Conner on the ground, and they're going to win 24-21. to 21. Moving on to our last game that we are going to preview, that is the Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers versus my Los Angeles Chargers. This game is in Los Angeles, but we all know that they are going to have a Pittsburgh-like home game in SoFi. There's probably going to be 90% Steeler fans at this game. Najee Harris might rush for over 250 yards. Who knows? This is a big game for both teams. Who do you guys like to win, and who needs this game more, do you think, Mason? I think the Chargers need this game more because it's likely that they're going to be going up against Mason Rudolph. And if you can't beat Mason Rudolph, then you have some serious problems. Nothing against him. He's a fine backup quarterback. But if you're going to be a playoff team, which fans in L.A. hope the Chargers will be, you have to find a way to stop him. Najee Harris is going to get 30 carries this game because the Chargers rush defense is maybe one of the worst I've ever seen. But what the Chargers are going to need to do is stack the box and dare Mason Rudolph to throw the ball. And that's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. Especially because you really only have Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver right now. Claypool, he's questionable. I don't think he's going to play. There's a chance he does. You've got Pat Freermuth and Eric Ebron at tight end, but those are really not elite weapons at this stage in the game. The Chargers, on the other hand, have every piece that you would want on offense. You've got an emerging superstar in Justin Herbert. You've got a superstar in Austin Eckler, and you've got receivers in Keenan Allen, who's been one of the most consistent in the NFL, and then Mike Williams, who could go for 200 yards or 20 yards in any given week. The Pittsburgh defense has not been as great as they've been in year past, allowing a 16 points to Detroit, 27 to Chicago, 20 to Seattle, 19 to Denver, 27 to Green Bay, 24 to Cincinnati, 26 to Vegas. You're used to games being in the teens with Pittsburgh, and you're just not seeing that this year. I would expect the Chargers to be able to put up something in the 20s. And if they could somehow limit Najee Harris to under 130 yards, I think they. Yeah, I mean, I think if Mason Rudolph's playing, there's no reason why the Chargers don't win this game. Honestly, it'd be very, very disappointing if they did. But they're two and three at home this year. So anything's possible. Clearly, they love to have their quote unquote home games. But it's it's disgusting that they're playing like that in SoFi Stadium. What can you do? I think Justin Herbert should be able to rip open this secondary if he really has good play calls. And also, go back to Austin Eckler, your main man. He's been one of the best running backs in the league this year when you go to him. He's just an absolute bowling ball. If they can get Mike Williams going, Keenan Allen going, as you mentioned, Mason, that would be fantastic too. On the defensive side of the ball, I think you stack the box 
on almost every single play against Najee Harris. And I know the Chargers can't stop the run, even if they really tried, but that is literally the only way that the Steelers are going to beat you. Chase Claypool is questionable for this game. I don't think it even matters if he plays. I mean, maybe we'll go back to Ray Ray McLeod for another 10 catch game or so, but Mason Rudolph is really got nothing left to do, but give them all to Najee Harris and say, please take care of this for me. And if the Chargers can't take advantage of that, well, frankly, I don't think they should be in the playoffs. So they should win this game. And I think they will win this game. I'm going to go with a score of 24 to 16. Scrappy. Wow. And the Chargers are going to need to be scrappy to win this game. They have to win this game if they really want to be a playoff contender. There's no reason that they shouldn't win this game. Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback. The Steelers will run the ball every single time, as you guys have mentioned. Stack the box, play goal line defense every single play. (laughs) The Chargers could put 20 guys on the field, and they probably still couldn't stop the run. But they're going to need to at least control it to a a premium on Sunday, this Sunday night football. The crowd is going to be against you on every play. It's going to be really tough, especially if the Steelers get an early lead. Cannot let that happen. The Chargers offense, they should be no problem through the air. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, I expect to have good games. I like to see Jared Cook get involved as well. I think he's a solid tight end. And then Eckler, give him the ball again and again. I keep saying it every week. They refuse to listen to me. He needs to run the ball way more than he is doing so, and they need to get him more involved in the passing game as well. He is a one of those commodities that in the NFL that are not rare, but that you love to have and are so important for an NFL team, especially on offense. They got to use him to the maximum. They should win this game. Will they win this game? No. Steelers 20, Chargers 17, season's over, and I blow my head off. That's my prediction, and and I will not be happy. But this is one of those games where the Chargers just like – they lose these games all every year. The last 12, 15 years I've been a fan of them. This is the kind of things that happens as a Chargers fan. You kind of just expect it moving forward. But They've been good see. on primetime lately. They have been good on primetime, which I am surprised about. This game is a Sunday night football game, which means it has a chance to be a blowout. If it was on Monday night, it would definitely be close. Last week was an anomaly with the Rams game. But anyway, let's get to some season Per predictions right now. We're at week 11, so let's get to some fun stuff when we talk about some division races as the playoffs are heating up towards the second half of this season. Guys, AFC North race is extremely tight right now. If you look at the standings, we have the Ravens at 6-3. and three. We have the Steelers at 5-3-1. and one. We have the Bengals at 5-4. and four. And we have Josh's Brownies at 5-5. Five and five. Who do you guys like to come out on top in this division at the end of the year? I think the Ravens are going to run away with it, but they've got a very, very difficult schedule. I think, you know, you need to go out and win against this Bears team. And then you've got the Browns twice, the Steelers twice in Cincinnati, and then home games against Green Bay and the Rams. I mean, if there isn't a, if there's a gauntlet in the NFL, it's that. Like, that is a really, really tough stretch. I honestly will give them at least four of those games. And frankly, I think a 10 or 11 win season gets you this division. Pittsburgh has been having 
some trouble and down the stretch, they've got difficulty too. They have to play Baltimore twice. As I mentioned on the other end, Minnesota in Minnesota, they play Tennessee and Kansas city. And not to mention this week against the chargers, like every single one of these teams down the stretch has a really, really difficult track. Like Cincinnati too. They have to play the chiefs. They have to play the Ravens. They have to play the Browns again. They have to play the chargers. I mean, honestly, it's it's a crapshoot. Like the Ravens are the best team of these four, and the Browns have extreme difficulty too. But it's it's really going to come down to those division rivalry games. Yeah, Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh all playing each other quite a bit down the stretch here. If you win more of those games, you'll win this division. So I like Baltimore maybe to finish at, you know, I'll give them eleven and six. I'm going to take Cincinnati in second at nine and eight. I'm going to put the Browns right there at nine and eight as well. And then the Steelers at eight, eight and one with a, uh, a late season collapse because I absolutely hate them. Yeah. I think Baltimore is going to win this division. I think since he's going to be in dead last because that schedule is just brutal for them. You've got games against Vegas, Pittsburgh, Chargers, San Fran, Denver, Baltimore, Chiefs, Cleveland, that's pretty tough for a team that's been up and down and trending downwards. As for Baltimore, they also have that tough schedule that Josh alluded to, but you've got the best roster out of any team in the division. So you would win more of those games than you're going to lose. I think Baltimore is going to finish at 10 and seven and win the division. I think you're going to have Pittsburgh in second because of that experience of big Ben because of the emergence of Najee Harris. And then while the defense hasn't been elite, it's still been okay. And then Cleveland's going to finish right around 500 at either eight and nine or nine and eight, given how inconsistent they are. They're going to win some huge games and they're going to lose games that they shouldn't. So I think Baltimore wins this division by about a game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I like Baltimore to win the division. They're the best team in it. They're the most talented roster. I do agree that they're going to get to 11 wins. The schedule is really tough. But to win this division, down the stretch, you're going to play division teams. And when they're playing each other, who am I going to have confidence in? I'm going to have confidence in the Ravens winning these games. They play the Browns twice. They play the Steelers twice. And they play the Bengals once more. So five games left in your schedule against the division. What do I see the Ravens going in that? At least Three and two at worst, probably four and one, if not a miracle, maybe even five and oh. But I think they'll get to 11 and six. I actually like the Browns to come in second. I have no confidence in the Bengals or the Steelers. I think the Bengals finish in last, but the Steelers, a little fun, bold prediction, they will finish with two ties. They will go seven, eight, and two. Oh my God. Yeah. Create chaos. They will find a way to finish under 500 with two ties. Ravens win this division. I think they win it by more than a game. I think they win it by two games. Browns will get to nine wins, in my opinion. So give me the Ravens in the AFC North race. Now we go to another really, really tight division throughout in the AFC West. The Chiefs, obviously, are probably going to be the favorites as of right now. They have a half-game lead on the Chargers and Raiders. Chiefs are 6-4. and four. Chargers Raiders at five and four and the Broncos only a game behind the chiefs at five and five. This race is going to be probably close to the end. I would think unless the chiefs get really hot, who do you guys like to win in the AFC West? 
Yeah, this is not going to be close. I'm sorry. The Chiefs are going to run away with this. Um, other than this week against Dallas, even this week against Dallas, they're going to be favored in all of their remaining games and favored by a lot. Home versus Denver and Vegas, there's no way they lose either of those. They're playing the Chargers, and I think they're going to get revenge. I don't see them losing twice to them. Home versus Pittsburgh, easy money. At Cincinnati, at Denver, two teams who are going to be out of their division race by the end of the season. This Chiefs team, while they have not been elite this year, they still have Patrick Mahomes. They've got a much improved defense. You've got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You're going to have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire returning, which might actually hurt them. But you've got too many weapons. You've got Andy Reid, who's been there, done that. And none of the other teams are good. Vegas is in prison. Denver doesn't have a quarterback or an offense. And their defense is inconsistent. And then the Chargers coin flip. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. So I think the Chiefs win this pretty easily. Yeah, I like the Chiefs too. I wouldn't say that it's pretty easily. I think they're going to beat the Chargers out by a game. I like the Chiefs to go 11 and 6 and the Chargers to go 10 and 7. I do think that when Kansas City goes to LA, they will win that game and that will cement the division right then and there. But the Chargers do have a pretty solid schedule in terms of favorability to themselves down the stretch. They play the Giants and the Texans, which will be helpful. You'll take those wins. Hopefully, please, for the love of God, Chargers win that game. And honestly, you can be able to pick off a game against the Raiders there at the end, too. If they win this game against Pittsburgh, that helps as well. They should be able to get the 10 wins and honestly be one of the more solid wild card teams to make it in there. I do want to say I did pick Kansas City to win this division because of that late stretch in the season where they can just get back on their feet. Even though I think they're going to lose to Dallas this week, I still think that they could win five of their next six games after that. No problem. Finish 11 wins. Vegas could easily finish below 500, and I think Denver's in the exact same boat. Denver's obviously been kind of hit or miss, but I don't think we think very highly of either of those teams. So I'm going to go Kansas City, L.A., and then I don't really care who finishes third and fourth between the Raiders and the Broncos, but best of luck to both of them. Yeah, Raiders, Broncos, see see you later. You're tossing the trash. They're not going anywhere. The Chargers, they have a chance, as you talked about, just because their schedule is very easy, but I have no faith in the Chargers to rattle off a bunch of wins and make this a division race that's close. The Chiefs, as you talked, to, as you guys talked about, their schedule is also very favorable. They should win most of their remaining games, other than this week against Dallas. Maybe I think they'll win this game by this division by two games. I see the Chiefs winning eleven or twelve games, and the Chargers winning nine or ten games and the Chargers may be sneaking into the playoffs at that six or seven seed. We'll see. But, yeah, Chiefs winning this division shouldn't be much doubt in my mind unless the Chargers can beat the Chiefs when they play each other for a second time, which the Chargers are the one team that can beat the Chiefs consistently every year. That's all I'm going to say, though. Moving on to our last division predictions, the NFC West, which is the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams race that we have stacking up here eight and two versus seven and three. It's a two man race. Basically at this point, who do you guys like to win this division and possibly get that number one overall seed in the NFC? I'm going to go with Arizona because they have the easier schedule and the fact that the Rams and Arizona are playing Monday night football in week 14. This is in Arizona, which is going to be a big deal. 
Kyler should be healthy by then. But the schedule's easier. Arizona, when Kyler has been healthy, has been the best team in the league all year. The Rams have shown signs of vulnerability, especially with their O-line and their defense in recent weeks. So I'm going to go with Arizona. Yep, I'm also going with Arizona. I do not think that they will actually win the division. I'm sorry. I do not think that they will win the conference. I think that Green Bay and Dallas honestly have a better chance of doing that. But Arizona's got two games against Seattle. They've got the Lions and the Bears. I don't really care if both those games are road games. They should be able to at least win three of those games. That puts them at 11. If they could pick off a game or two against the Rams, the Colts, or the Cowboys, you're at 12 or 13. That makes it pretty tough for the Rams to be able to be right there. Rams have to play the Packers after their bye, as you mentioned. That's going to be a really tough game. They also have to go to Baltimore and Minnesota. All those games are decently tough. I think the Rams will be a very, very solid wild card and honestly could have a better record than one of the division winners, which we've seen before. But give me Arizona. And I think that once again, that Monday night football game between the two of them will cement Arizona to win that division. Yeah, I probably have to agree with you guys as well. The Arizona has the game in hand right now. They have the easier schedule down the road. The Rams, it's a must win if they want any chance of winning the division. They have to beat Arizona in Arizona. I think they can, and I I think they probably will, honestly. But even with that, I think Arizona is going to finish with a better record based on their schedule. I was looking at both these teams, and the Rams have the Packers. They have the Cardinals. They have the Vikings. They have the Ravens, and all those games are on the road. So if you go two and two, that's honestly a success. So I just can't see the Rams even a game behind at this point coming back and beating the Cardinals. But both these teams, in my mind, can go far in the playoffs, possibly even make a Super Bowl, and we'll get top seeds in the NFC playoff race when it's all said and done. Yeah, and not to mention that the Rams also got trounced by San Francisco on Monday Night Football. I don't, I don't really know what has happened with this team, but Sean McVay in this bye week needs to scream yeah. at Matt Stafford and a number of other guys on this roster. They just have so many personalities now, especially with Odell, Jalen Ramsey. I feel like if they really start to tip in the wrong direction, there's going to be a lot of screaming. Yeah. So that's, that's true. But we've seen the NFL – On any given Sunday, anything can happen. That's what makes the sport so great. We'll see. Now it's time for our good friend Mason to do his famous segment, Cash or Stash Fantasy Lineups. Mason, what do you have for us this week? Yeah, we've got a great slate this week. Not a ton of great teams on bye weeks other than really the Rams. So let's go ahead and get started. With quarterback, we are going to cash Joe Burrow coming off a bye week at 6,600. He's going up against the Raiders secondary, which has been reeling. The Raiders happened to reignite that Chiefs offense last week, and Joe Burrow has really been a model of consistency in his second season. He has not been under 250 passing yards in six straight games, so he's going to get the yards, and there are going to be points in this game. There's an over-under of 50 and a half, so that means the Bengals should get at least three or four touchdowns, and Burrow should be responsible for a few of them. As for the stash, we are going to Kirk Cousins at 6,100 DraftKings dollars. He is going up against the Packers defense, which we have been praising on the Why Not Us podcast. They've been on absolute fire. And Kirk Cousins really hasn't been a model of consistency. He's had one 300-yard game this season and three touchdowns only once since week three. 
As for running back, we are going to cash A.J. Dillon at 6,200. He needs to be in every single lineup this week. He's going to be getting all of the volume for this Green Bay offense with Aaron Jones out. This is going to be so many, so many carries, so many catches. He could run the ball. He runs routes. He's going against a vulnerable Minnesota defense. 6,200 is a discount for a top 10 running back this week. As for the stash, we're going to Antonio Gibson at 5,900. Gibson is going to play this week, but he's going up against Carolina, who's fourth against opposing running backs. Last week against Tampa Bay, he got some very much needed volume with 24 carries, but he turned that into 64 yards. Incredibly inefficient. Antonio Gibson really has not looked like himself. His injuries are hampering him and the emergence of J.D. McKissick vulturing his targets has really hurt his fantasy value. For wide receiver, we're going to cash Devonta Smith at 6,400. Not going to lie, this worries me a bit because I don't love cashing inconsistent players, but I really do like him against New Orleans this week, and that's because of how unreal they are against the run. So Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw the ball this game. And when he throws, he throws it to two people, Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. Devonta Smith is more of the big play guy, and the Saints secondary has been relatively weak against opposing wide receivers. I believe they're 29th in the league. So I would look for Devonta Smith to get at least a few big catches this game, and that'll be an instant payoff for fantasy. On to the stash. This one's painful. Michael Pittman at 6,100. He has absolutely broken out this year, been the true number one receiver that Carson Wentz and Indianapolis needs, but he's going against the Bills. This is the number one defense against wide receiver, and because of his emergence, he's going to be shadowed by Tredavious White. This is a tough matchup for Michael Pittman. So he is best on your bench, and I would stay away from him in fan daily fantasy. On to tight end, speaking of models of consistency, Dan Arnold, where did you come from? 4,100 DraftKings dollars. This is a journeyman tight end traded to Jacksonville where good players go to die, and apparently journeymen go to become elite tight ends. He has become Trevor Lawrence's top target ever since he's been traded there. In his past three games, he's had at least seven targets and 60 yards. And I would look for this trend to continue against San Francisco, where the Jags are going to be playing catch-up. On to the stash. We're going back to him, Dalton Schultz at 4,600. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So Dallas's offense was absolutely clicking last week against Atlanta, but that didn't mean anything for Dalton Schultz. He had one catch for 14 yards. That's an example of a stash gone right. You've got Gallup back who's taking his targets. You've got the running backs who are catching passes as well. And the Chiefs defense has been much improved. And 4,600 is way too expensive for a guy that regression has really hit like a brick. And I feel bad for Dalton, but you're going back to being a mediocre tight end. And with that, Capture staff for week 12 is concluded. Let's go make some money. Yes, we can all get behind that slogan. Thank you, Mason, for the great segment, as always, with Capture Stash. Hopefully, 
you can make some money with some of these players. And as I'm looking through the list, I don't have any of these guys on my fantasy teams, which is the first time I think in a long time. So take that as you will. Anyway, let's get to the last part of the show, our one bold prediction. We'll have one bold prediction from all three of us. I'll start with Josh on this one. What do you have for us this week? So it would be it would be funny if I went with the Lions, but ever since I found out that Jared Goff is uh, trending downward to play, I really can't say that the Browns are going to lose this game. So, oh man, that would be that would be really difficult. I am going to go ahead and go to a team that's kind of been streaky lately. And the only other undefeated quote unquote team in the month of November, besides Detroit, the Washington football team, obviously coming off of a very impressive win off the bye week against Tampa. Now they go play another NFC South team in Carolina. I know everybody's really, really high on them or at least higher than they should be because of Cam Newton's performance last week. Colt McCoy looked really good for Arizona in his first week for them. And the second week, it was Colt McCoy. Like, what do you expect? Like Carolina winning that game by 24. I think there's a lot of hype on them right now. And frankly, a three and a half point favor for how much better Carolina is supposed to be than Washington tells me that Vegas knows something. And that's why I'm going to go with Washington. I think, as you mentioned in the cash or stash, Antonio Gibson might have a tough time, but let Taylor Heineke just throw the ball a ton of times and who knows what? Maybe Washington will be a four and six team after this week. All right. For my bold prediction, I am going to go with the Saints going into Philadelphia and taking down the Eagles. Like I mentioned in my cashier stash, the Saints are going to be forcing Philadelphia to throw the ball because of how good they are against the run. And I don't know if you know Jalen Hurts, but he doesn't like to throw the ball. He's thrown it for over 30 times only once in his last five games. That is not his strong suit. And that means he's going to turn the ball over. And I think Trevor Simeon, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and that offense are going to do just enough to win this game in a gruesome battle. It's going to be close. It's going to be low scoring. I've got the Saints 17-14. Yeah, and to finish it up, I talked about it earlier. It's against my team. It's the Chargers losing to the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. You have the best fan base in the NFL, and I, in my opinion, in the Pittsburgh Steelers, facing the worst fan base in the NFL in the Los Angeles Chargers. Steelers find a way to get an early lead. They let the crowd get into it and kind of take them to the promised land. Najee Harris has an incredible game. He has 150-plus yards on the ground. Chargers have no answers. Herbert gets under pressure. They he throws some bad passes. They lose 20 to 17. My heart is broken, but my bold prediction is correct. That is it for our bold predictions. Any final thoughts from you guys as we wrap up this week's show? Anything you're looking forward to here in week 11? I just want to say that ever since Space said our bold predictions have been off, they have been on fire. I'm 2-0 in my last two weeks with the 49ers and then the Browns dismantling Cincinnati. So let's keep that one going and keep the hate up, Josh. Hey, you, you know that you can't ever say anything positive because that would jinx it. So I'm glad that I've gone the opposite way for you. Yeah, jinxes are real. Football's awesome. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Why Not Us NFL podcast for myself, Adam Glick, for Mason Gross, and Josh Spade, Brain Analysis. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you next week for Week 12. Enjoy the football this Sunday in Week 11. Have a great Thanksgiving and the rest of your weekend.